I live in a culture that is not content. I live in a culture of robbery. I live in a culture where there can never be too much of anything. And so do you. Today is a little bit different. We are going to be talking about the extreme expression of discontent. So as we start this morning, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for right now. For a room where brothers and sisters in Christ can gather unpersecuted. To forget the worries of this world and worship you. As we are designed, giving you that glory in which you deserve. God, help us right now. Help us to open our minds and to to lay our worries aside. Fight off anxious feelings. God, help us to be a little bit vulnerable. So that we can hear and understand the teaching you would have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My name is David Mead. I'm the youth pastor here at Grace Chapel. And if you didn't know, we had some of our youth worship team up here, like this whole section over here. If you didn't notice, they were a little bit younger. Our youth are in, we're in first service and second service this morning, and it was great to have them here. We have more in our youth band as well. We've got a great youth band. If you're um, wanting to be in there, let us know, and uh, we'll let you try out. And if you're the best in the world, then we'll let you be a part of it because we're top-notch over there, right? That's why we're bringing them in to help you guys out this morning, right? Uh, They do a great job. We've got a great youth ministry. We really do. You heard about our junior high trip coming up. We've got our high school mission trip to Monterey. Uh, The second meeting uh, is today right after this service in the warehouse. So if you're interested in going on that, youth and adults, if you are interested in going on that high school trip, meet over there. Uh, It is going to be an awesome time. This morning, we don't have a ton of time. So everybody do this. All right. Uh, Y'all did better than first service. Some of you aren't doing it. Do this real quick. I'm I'm a youth pastor. This is participation. Okay, you can put them down. Now, Act like your ears were, your hands were still up there because you need to listen quick because I'm going to talk quick. I'm going to talk fast, but I promise you, I will be the one with the most sweat at the end of this message. We are going to be talking about something that you might think is common, but we're going to be looking at it in a totally different way. And that is, how can I be content? <coughs> Pardon my cough. How can I live a life of peace instead of fear? That somebody, some financial institution, that God is going to get me. It's going to be unhappy with me. How can I do this? Because we know if we live a life of worry and guilt, then we miss out on the joy and impact that God wants us to have. So we're going to jump into this this morning. I am going to tell you about Paul's secret. What in the world is Paul's secret? And I'm going to jump around Uh, at the beginning a little bit before you actually hear the answer because it's a big thing right you know who paul is once was saul now paul missionary church planter well he planted a church in philippi and he wrote a letter to the philippines the philippines philippians uh and 
And uh, they sent him, because they sent him, a care package. Now, what in the world does this mean? Well, like I said, Paul was this church planner in the Philippines and, and uh, all over Indonesia. And, no, he was all over the world. But Paul went all over the place and he plants churches and he helps out, of course. And so the Philippians... Not the Philippines. The Philippians decided, hey, you know, Paul, just like think of any church, just like a loving church like Grace Chapel has, has missionaries and things like that. They thought of Paul this way and they said, hey, let's send him a care package. We know he's had some hardships. We've heard about this. So let's send them something, okay? That's one of the first things you think of. Let's send our troops something. Why? Because, well, we honor them. That's what you do. Let's send them a care package. And they did that. They sent Paul a care package. What was in there? I don't know. Probably some money, some cheese straws, a puzzle. I don't know. But it was a care package of some sort, right? And Paul's going, this is nice and all, but I need to make sure they understand that, cool, I'll use it. Cheese straws, I don't know. I'll give those to someone else. But uh, to Dad for Christmas, because you never know what to get Dad. So let's just get him cheese straws. Um, I don't know, but I want to make sure they know that I didn't need it spiritually. So he writes them this letter, and it says this in Philippians four ten through 13. Follow with me. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. Thanks for the care package. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now they did, so they sent him something. Not that I'm speaking of being in need. He's like saying, not that I asked you for it, but for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who, what? You know this verse, and we are going to be talking about it more today. He says that I've had money, and I've had nothing. I've experienced these things. He says, my joy in life is not determined by the things that I possess or circumstances. He wants the church at Philippi to understand that. He has this reservoir of joy, all right? He has this container. You have to think about this as, as we're talking about being content. You have to think of, uh, I'm going to use this word a couple times, a reservoir of joy. And he says, whether it's full or empty, that is not determined by any man or circumstance. Okay? He wants them to know that. It does not rise or fall because of the actions of man. Whether I have a lot or nothing, sick or well, it doesn't matter. That's what he's telling us in verse 12. He said, I figured it out, though. I figured out how to be content. I'm going to give you a couple words. I want you to repeat most of them. I'll tell you what to do. Uh, and just follow along with me. This word right here is autarkes. Everyone say autarkes. That wasn't good enough. Say autarkes. Let, okay, remember it. Everyone say Don't say this, but you think of, oh... How dark it is outside. All right. Autarkes means self-sufficient. It is two words, right? This is important. You need to know the word for content is to be self-sufficient, 
to be sufficient for yourself. And you're going, why is that such a big deal? We will get to that as we go on through the verse, because it's a little strange to think of the word to be content, right? That's the goal here. I want to be content, happy in every circumstance. I need to be self-sufficient no matter what goes on around me. This bubble right here, I'm cool with. Autarkis. I have found the secret of self-sufficiency. And you go, what is it? Okay, well, here we go. Um, The thing is, everybody wants to know how to be content. Everybody wants to figure it out. Even the Buddhists and the Stoics want to figure out how to be happy in any circumstance. And Paul knows this. Paul knows that even mentioning this ruffles their feathers. Because he's like, I figured it out. Yeah, you know that thing that you've spent 100 years plus trying to figure out how to be autarkes? Um, yeah, that thing? The thing that your entire you know, mindset is wrapped around all your belief system? That, that thing? Stoics? That, that? Oh, yeah, I got that. I figured that out a long time ago. What are y'all doing? And the Stoics are going, what, what, what? They don't understand and they will not understand. But you and I will here in just a minute. The thing is, we see to be content as a command as well. Hebrews 13, 5 says this, Be content with what you have, for he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Also, 1 Timothy 6, 2 says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. We see this, that we should be content. In that common word, autarkes. But how do we, let's, let's, let's understand this. Some of you out there just going, yeah, David's right. Everybody just chill out, man. Chillax. That's what this is all about. Just be content. And some of you type A people are going, uh, David, you've got about 13 minutes before I tone you out. So um, I need some structure here. Um, I don't care about the person going, yeah, the hippie talk. Um, give me some, some facts here, David. I want to understand how to be content. And I, and I get that. So here you go. This is not about your personality, okay, whether you're uh, you know, free going or you're structured in, in any way. It's not about that because it is acquired It is acquirable. Paul is telling us that this self-sufficiency, this contentment, you can have this. If you know God, this secret, Paul's secret, is attainable. You can get it. He says, I've learned this secret. All right? There's another word. Everybody say this word. Everybody say, mueo. That is a fun word to say, is it not? Yes, it is. Mueo. The cool thing about this is translated secret. I can't tell you. No, I mean, it's actually translated secret. That's the word. But better than that, in any, you see this in other Greek writings as well, this word coming up actually is, is more like, uh, it's more like a verb to do, to do something, and it's translated to initiate into the mysteries. Isn't that a lot more enticing than I got a secret? I have something that will that will let us initiate into the mysteries. Very cool, right? Follow along. I have found a way. This secret of self sufficiency. He says, I have been initiated into an elite club that you can be a part of today. You just sign up. It's the 
People who are totally content club. And with no dues attached, you can have this as well. No, that's not what he says exactly, but he does use this amazing word. Why? Because it's that amazing. It's that special. So we're going to answer three questions quickly. What is this contentment that Paul talks about? What is it? Where does it come from? And how in the world do I get this? So what is it? Well, one, it's inward, not outward. All right? I'm not saying that to be content is a person that doesn't complain. No, that's, it's okay to complain, kind of. It's okay to understand what the, what the world is around you. Because some people are discontent and they'll let you know. Oh, it's too hot. Man, I can't stand this. Man, I can't stand you. They'll let you know, right, when they are discontent. They are your complainers. But when we think about it, we are all complainers. Some of us don't voice it as much, so we say we're not. But inwardly, we are. And this whole thing of self-sufficiency, to be content, is inward. It's not outward. Paul's not saying, though, that you can just keep it in, don't spew it out. He's saying it's inner peace. Now, there's times to be angry, but that doesn't mean you have to conform. If you see something that's morally wrong, should you just be content with it? Yes, okay, to each his own. No. To be content is not to conform and be like, yeah, everything's okay. It's to have an inner peace about the situation. Should you not do something? No, you probably should do something. And the wisdom of God will flow from the fact that you are content. Yes, there's times to be angry and there's times to mourn. Life is difficult. To be content is not to pretend that hard things aren't hard. To be content does not mean you can't voice struggles to God or a friend because you should seek help. Do it. Contentment does not mean that you don't complain, you don't freak out, but you ask for help and you don't lose it, okay? You keep a rational mind as much as can be expected. And it's not your mind telling your heart to be quiet, everything's okay. It's not this outward thing where you can like will this to happen. Like Paul is saying, all you have to do, step one, is out loud, everybody stand up with your hands and go, serenity now! No, that's not the way peace comes. It's not your mind telling your heart to be quiet. Contentment is an inward, quiet disposition. It means your mind is at rest and your heart is at peace. Let me put this in perspective. Because some of you say, you think of something where, Um, uh, an issue happens in your life and you can let it slide, but there are some things that that you just can't. We're talking about complaining and the inward and outward, so let's put this together. Um, When I was in youth, I had a mentor. She worked at a hospital. She was head of uh, a lot of different areas at this time, ICU, at Le Bonheur in Memphis Children's Hospital. Invited me to come and see a little girl with um, alternate motives she did, uh, my, my mentor. And so I came and I met this little girl, and I had no idea what I was doing there. And I, I met her, and she had been severely burned. Her entire body, no hair, burned. And uh, I've been burned before, down to the muscle and the blood, and I understand some of that pain, some. This girl was covered 
and you couldn't help but feel sorry for her. Yet, you didn't feel sorry for her very long. Why? Because she was the most joyful, happy girl you've ever seen. And she wasn't just like, yay, I'm happy by myself with my toys. No, no, no. She didn't even do that. She was happy making other people happy. She was rarely in her own place. You, I didn't even know where, where her place was, her bed. It was because she was over here making sure, hey, making them smiling over here. I'm talking little girl. I'm talking eight years old. And she's making everybody smile. Everybody knows this girl. She's happy all the time except for the couple hours a day where she had to go and get her treatment. Meaning they had to scrape away all the dead skin so that new skin could grow and be healthy. And for those few hours, she screamed. She screamed. And everyone in the hospital could hear it. Why? Because there's pain. Because it hurts. When there's pain and when there's hurt, do you keep it in? No. You let it out. In a lot of ways, in natural ways, it hurts. You let it out. I'm not saying you can't complain. I'm not saying you cannot be angry. Those emotions are even biblical to have. And there's times for those. But in the same way, when her, at the same time, when her treatment was over and the pain was gone, she could stand up and she knew her job. She went around and made people happy. And this is where my mentor got me. She knew exactly what she was doing and knew that I had a question. What makes this little girl tick? Why is she so happy? So my mentor said, ask her why. So I go up to her and I say, why are you so happy? What makes you just so joyful? And she says, because she says this all the time to people who ask, because for some reason this doesn't make sense, why she can be so joyful when she should be discontent. And her answer is, I'm happy because Jesus loves me. Now you might think that is so cheesy, insignificant, I I don't care. But do you understand what that, that means? Why are you happy? Because Jesus loves me. Out of the mouth of babes, Paul's secret is revealed. You might say, Okay, I'm, I'm getting that. I'm getting this type of content in God. But where in the world does that come from? How did that little, how did that little girl know this? How, what, where does this come from? Verse 11 says, I'm content. Verse 12, I've learned the secret. Verse 13, he tells us the secret. And he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Correct? We've, we've read this before. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We are about to take this amazing verse, which stands fine as it is in every translation and has been preached many times. But we are going to take this, let's stretch it out like a rubber band, let it go, and let's see where it lands, okay? That's what we're going to do right now, and then we'll be, we'll be done. We're going to sing. We're going to have an awesome time of reflection. And he says, I can do all things through Christ." through Christ who strengthens me. Paul found the secret to contentment, and it is what so many religions try to find, even, even atheists. But if you try with your mind and your body to be unaffected by the world, you will be a very cold person. You cannot actually will this contentment uh, upon yourself. Paul's not trying to just muster this up like we said, serenity now. So how in the world, how in the world um, do you get this? Where does it come from? Paul says, I have this reservoir. Remember, reservoir of joy earlier. Paul says, I have a reservoir, which is a place where you keep extra stuff, of strength. 
that is entirely through the agency of another. Take that back. Me, flesh and bone, weak. I'm not content. I have a reservoir of strength that I can tap into at any time. And you know what? I didn't put anything into that tank. This reservoir of strength is completely based entirely through the agency of another. Usually verse 13 is used to say that we can accomplish anything. I can do all things. I was talking to someone in between the service. Like we go, all right, God, give me like a, a zap. Give me like the God strength that, yeah, I can do all things. Let me go out. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Yeah, guess what I did? Guess how much? And we, we don't realize it, but doesn't that sound horrible? Guess how many people I saved for Christ? Guess how many people I got to meet Jesus? Guess it? And you're going, whoa, whoa, whoa. We do this. We go, me, 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 me. And we don't know it, and we're not doing it intentionally. But a lot of times we go, God, give me the power. Let me just zap me with this awesome, like, mountaintop experience. Let me just go do it. Ah, yeah, me, 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 We want to get recharged again. Paul's saying the secret is knowing that you have this reservoir of strength there all the time, and it's not just to use. I am me. I need to use Jesus as a weapon Against all the devilish evils that are out there. No, no. He's saying here's the secret, okay? One, I can do is actually this word. Escuo. Everyone say escuo. Escuo. That's a fun word. Say it again. Escuo. Right, you're paying attention. This word actually doesn't mean I can do. I mean, eventually... It means I can do, and so it's translated okay, but the actual translation is to have the resources to be able, meaning I am strengthened in order to do. I'm, I have the ability. It's not the end product here. It says I'm strong, which means, in this translation, I have strength for all things. I have strength for all things. I'm peaceful and serene in my life, and religion, and here's why. I have strength, I have power, I have a reservoir of ability, and here is where it comes from. It does not come from me, but I have a power that is not self-sufficiency, but radical dependency. This is it. And here's the contradiction. Remember, he said, guess what? Guess what my secret is? I have the secret to autarkis. I have the secret to self-sufficiency. Yeah! I have the self the secret to self-sufficiency. And you know what it is? It's to be not self-sufficient. The secret of being self-sufficient is to be the opposite, to be radically dependent. And you go, wait, what? Yes, the secret to being content is to be radically dependent on God. Here's another thing. We translate through like Jesus is paying out strength. Remember, like a bank, like coming to get recharged. He's like, there you go, there you go. I can do all things through him. And this is, this is fine. We can still get there like this. I can do all things through Christ because it, without Christ we couldn't do that. So the translation is fine. We're just thinking about this in a different way, in, in, in a new light. Let's look at another word. That. That in the Greek is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is that word? Anybody know? What? It's in. That word is in. Not through, it's in. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And it's not I can. 
I can, it's not I can do. It's I have strength in order to do things in Christ who is continually strengthening me. I have the strength for all things because I am, I am in him who is strengthening me. Not this recharge. Not this sometimes. Not God, you do it here and I'm going to, Jesus, take the wheel. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is, okay, this is in all times. We are not just representatives of God. We are an extension. And don't take away going, David said we're gods. No. That's not. But Christ is in us. And you've said it a million times, but do you mean it? Saying, I am sufficient when I have him. The ultimate quencher. Let me finish up with a couple things. One, to be the most content Christian means you have to be the most discontent Christian. Um, in Second Corinthians, this is not up there. For the sake of of Christ, then I'm content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Remember we said, God can't give you more than you can handle, but bleh, yes, he can. We don't believe that. God will give you more than you can handle. Why? Because when you are weak, then you are strong. When you are in him, when you believe that you cannot do it on your own. It's more than just saying as well that, you know, I love God. Hebrews 13, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Do you understand this power now? This power of radical dependency. What can any other man do to me? This is a state of which you say, okay, um... I am in God, and he runs this place. Do we forget that sometimes? That he's the ruler, and we are in him? Not just borrowing some power. God, I'm going to take this, because I'm going to go save someone over here. No, that's not, the po- that's not it. That's not Christianity at, at all. That is not the saving grace. It's to be in God. It's to be radically dependent. And here we go. Christian contentment is this. Go back one more. It's an inward, quiet disposition that freely submits and delights with its union, with the union of the Almighty. An inward, quiet disposition that freely submits and delights in its union with the Almighty. And the last thing, how do I get it? Well, you ask. And you say, oh, that's, that's easy. But it's, it's not. It is not that easy. We are prideful people. This is where you just kind of stop complaining and you ask. A child will throw a fit. I want it. I get it. And what do you do? Do you want to give a child something when they're complaining like that? No. And God doesn't want to give you anything when you're complaining like that either. Keep your head about you. He does not want us to lose perspective. Times will be tough. You will hurt. God understands that. But don't lose, lose perspective. This is when we go, God's abandoned me. You believe that? We say that. I've said that. God, where are you? That's a horrible question, right? But we say it. We have times of weakness. We have times where we're just, it's just dumb. And it's okay. Disciples had, the disciples had plenty of times when they were dumb too. God knows this. Yet he also knows that he is in us. And we'll be back. So how do I get it? You ask. 
Now, a lot of times we have a sense of no self-worth where we are, we think that we can do it on our own. We have this pride that builds up, and this is where people take control where they shouldn't. This is where people hurt themselves to punish themselves. Christians hurt themselves. They say, I need some tangible proof that I can move on from this. We have a hard time believing forgiveness. The students will cut themselves. They will make fun of others to deflect the pain. And not just students, adults too. There are so many ways that we will deflect. So many ways that we will drown ourselves. That we'll numb ourselves like we talked about last week. And it's just because we don't, we, we don't remember to, to ask God. Pray to him and preach to yourself. I'm not saying you feel sorry for yourself, but the opposite. You thank him today. Think about all the things you complain about. I, I do too. I complain about so many things. Everything that you complain about, you can be thankful for as well. And it's hard to keep in that state of mind, but we should. You say, what does God owe you? God owes me this, and he owes me this. and he owes... But he doesn't. He's given you everything that you already have. We are going to change gears here for a second. I'm going to invite the band to come up. We're going to sing a song. And while we sing a song, I want to reiterate and review that Christian contentment is an inward, quiet disposition that freely submits and delights in its union with the Almighty. How in the world do you get this? You ask for peace. You might say that's so simple, but it is so hard when we think that we can do it on our own. The last thing we want to do is ask for help. You dwell on him and you preach to yourself. He's given me a life and he's provided a son to relinquish my sins. We're going to sing a new song. The words are going to be on the screen. I invite you to stand and sing if that's what you want to do. If you are tired and you want to sit and ignore everything, do that. If you want to stay seated and you want to pray, do that. If you want to sing and you want to stay seated, do that. If you want to pray and you want to stand, do that. If you want to come forward and stand and pray, do that. If you want to come and sit and pray, do that. This is for you. This is your time. This is your time to reflect. This is your time to say, God, help me, with, help me to be content. I cannot do it alone. The self-sufficiency that I want will never come because I need to learn how to be radically dependent. I'm going to pray a short prayer. Then we'll play the song. And then we'll wrap up with another prayer later. Dear God, thank you so much for an opportunity like this. Uninterrupted, God, just worship with some amazing talents leading us and an amazing song. We don't get this every day. God, help us make the most of this. Help us to understand even just a little bit more what it means to be radically dependent on you and how in the world we can be free and happy as the little girl who's happy because you love her. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Some of you are still praying, and that's okay.
This time never has to stop. We should pray without ceasing. A lot of it, that's what this is about, keeping in mind who God is and the fact that He is in us and we are in Him. I'll leave you today with the thought of radical dependency and how that will define you. And I promise you, you dwell on that and your heart will begin to overflow with gratitude and the peace will come as the worries of the world drift away. Let's pray. God, you are the God of everything. We ask that your will be done in our lives when there's time to mourn that we mourn and to be angry that we're angry and to love we love. But God, in all things, help us to be content. Yet not, as the Greek defines it, just self-sufficiency, but a different kind of contentment of radical dependency. We know it's going to be tough, God. We know we're going to fall, but we know the reason why we are radically dependent is because you always pick us up. Because you are the most dependable thing in the world. Help us to have an amazing week in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week.